Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Thomas Waters from thomascwaters.com on Blog Talk Radio. I'm really excited today to bring you an episode in my series about pride. And today we're talking with Joy Canty about Ruth's Pride Pittsburgh, a kind of a new development that's grown organically over the past month or so. So I'm really excited, Joy, to have you on the air with me today. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My last name is pronounced Kimmick, but that's common. Kimmick? Okay. People, yeah, it's common that people say KMP. Well, thank you uh, for correcting me. Uh, Joy, could you say a little bit about how Ruth Pride Pittsburgh came into being? Ruth Pride Pittsburgh came into being as an organic response to Delta's inability to um, consider the whole LGBTQIA positive community in our decision to bring Iggy Azalea to Pittsburgh. And Delta Foundation, just for any of my listeners, is a uh, nonprofit organization here in Pittsburgh that manages uh, Pittsburgh Pride. And in fact, they've trademarked the name Pittsburgh Pride. Uh, and they have a big headliner every Saturday, the Saturday night of the Pride weekend at what they call Pride in the Street. And this year they uh, invited Iggy Azalea, who is a rap performer, to come and be the entertainment. Why Why was Iggy um, a performer that prompted the, uh, the development of Roots Pride Pittsburgh? Well, Iggy Azalea is sort of a, a flashpoint for many issues that are facing our communities today, um, issues such as homophobia, racism, cultural appropriation. All of those things um, are things that the nation at large is discussing, and Pittsburgh we're discussing, and here in Pittsburgh in the LGBTQIA community we need to discuss. Sure. So um, Delta announced Iggy as their headliner, and uh, talk a little bit about what happened immediately after that. So it's been a whirlwind, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, What happened after that was I was standing at the bus stop. I was looking at the announcement, and I said, wow, this is really just kind of messed up and um I was standing there with Michael and he said yeah I agree so the next day I had a performance right after that performance at like nine o'clock at night I called a meeting invited as many people as I needed to invite and we started talking about what were the options for responding to this at that Sunday two in the morning I posted uh, the protest page, no icky. And by that afternoon, about uh, 300 people had responded. So, so the response was fairly immediate and pretty significant in terms of numbers. Yes, it was, and also in terms of uh, range of response. Uh, the response that people had to Delta, um, it, it wasn't just one response. There were many people 
that had their own thoughts and opinions um, that, you know, for whatever reason, decided to um, also stand in solidarity with us as we plan this protest. Sure. So uh, first there was a protest page up, and uh, I know I wrote a blog post uh, a few days ago, at which point there were more people that were uh, had marked Facebook that they were going to participate in the protest than there were people that had marked that they were going to go see Iggy Azalea, uh, which I just found amazing. It really demonstrated how much uh, outrage there was about Iggy being ex, uh, brought here as an entertainer. Yeah, the, uh, the response was pretty incredible. I mean, I certainly did not expect that response from Pittsburgh. Um, and so, yeah, we were, I think we were all quite blown away. Um, and to be honest, at uh, at the response. Sure. And uh, just uh, for my listeners, if you're listening live right now online somewhere, you can call in and ask questions or comments for my guests or for me at 646-668-8672. And uh, this will also be available for a uh, podcast download after we're done taping. We go off air tonight at 7 o'clock. So we have about 24 more minutes that we'll be talking here about Roots by Pittsburgh. I did invite Michael to be one of my guests tonight as well, but he was in class and was unable to join us. Uh, Maybe uh, after Pride, we'll uh, have the two of you back on to talk a little bit about uh, your thoughts that once you've over uh, Roots Pride Pittsburgh, we'll get it uh, done and, and kind of looking back at how it went, you can uh, share that with my listeners. Um, yeah, absolutely. What, what, what do you feel the Del- Delta's response was to the protest? Uh, I felt that Delta's response was absolutely underwhelming. Um, not just to the protest, but to the inquiries of our um, of, of members of our community, um, I think it's one thing to sort of ignore um, an organized critique of, of of your event, which I think is something that many organizations do. But I think that it's another thing in entirety to ignore the many many members of the community associated roots proud or not that actually asked Delta directly like what why this choice? What what does this mean? What why would you bring Iggy to Pride? Um so I think that the response on all fronts was um at one point they put a statement that said that they were um talking to members of the community. Um I don't personally know anybody that was actually reached out to by Delta. So yeah. Sure. And um, do you feel that this is a new problem with the Delta Foundation, um, that Iggy Azalea was was like the first problem, or is this part of a pattern, an ongoing pattern of issue with the Delta Foundation and parts of the LGBTQIA community? 
Um, I think that that's a multi-layered question. I think that when it comes to Delta, that there, again, um, this response to Delta, um, this particular response to Delta uh, protest um, is 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 uh, is around the um, problem of non-inclusion on the parts of queer and trans people of color in the city of Pittsburgh, and I think that um, race as international discussion and it's been a discussion within the city of Pittsburgh and so the Delta is like exempt from that conversation. Also, I think Delta has a lot to answer for within the community because as we are posting it, just many, many people that uh, were, you know, writing to us and calling us and, and telling us, you know, their experiences with Delta. Um, so I think that um what our stance is is that um, there are issues of intersectionality in our communities as a whole. Um, in the LGBTQIA positive community, there are issues of intersectionality, and particularly with Delta, um, I think that there are many issues that many people have with Delta, from ranging from uh, the way that. Um, the way that uh, finances are distributed to um, the non-inclusion of people of color and non-inclusion of people. Um, Sure. And we could talk a little bit more about some of those issues around Delta Foundation in a second. But I want to ask you, so you said you were really surprised by the response of the protest page. But what did you think was going to happen? Because you must have thought something when you put it up. Something was going to happen because I, um, just, I've been an, an an activist and an organizer in Pittsburgh for some years, and I've participated in all sorts of um, actions and protests, small and large. Um, so I thought this would be some response. I did not think that this would become sort of an issue around which our community would rally. I thought that there would be people that, you know, are you know, well-versed in uh, areas of justice or well-versed in um, areas of inequality, and that those people would respond. But I didn't think this would be such a big general response from our community. Okay, so after the protest page really blew up and, and just garnering so much attention, and uh, Delta's response was fairly underwhelming, uh, and I think fairly arrogant. Uh, what was then? Then another page came into being, or an events page for Roots Pride Pittsburgh. Talk a little bit about uh, how then the planning began to take the uh, outrage about this uh, incident that Delta created by inviting Iggy. It, it didn't stop it uh, protest. It turned into a very positive, empowering kind of thing by the creation of Roots Pride Pittsburgh, right? I, I believe so. Um, I think that it's not enough to protest. I don't think that it's ever enough to just protest. I think we have to constantly be envisioning the world that we want to live in. And I think that even when you think about the Roots Pride, which is where Roots Pride Pittsburgh came from, it wasn't just it was not just a protest, it was an assertion of people's of people's it was an assertion of people's 
desire to have the ability to be, to live, and to, to live fully as who they are. So I think that when you have an issue in a community where, um, you know, people are continuously marginalized, it's not enough just to protest that marginalization. You also have to create space for people to be able to be. And so, yeah, Ruth Pratt Pittsburgh was it's a, it's a, um the root the protest is a response. The roots part Pittsburgh is the creation of space and visibility for people in our communities that are otherwise seen as um or otherwise not seen. Great. And so there's a few different activities that are already publicized to be part of Roots Pride Pittsburgh. Could you talk a little bit about uh the first one is the town hall? Sure. Um the town hall meeting um we are selecting panels on different communities. Um, so we'll have uh, youth on our panel. We'll have a trans panel, of course, people of color. We would like to be able to uh, reach somebody um, that is community um, and just really talk about a lot of the issues, explore what our community is and who our community is. Um, and to know each other. Um, one thing that I realized in creating Roots Pride Pittsburgh and even the protest page was it, and creating the protest was that, and it was something that I already knew, but it, it really came to the forefront, was that there is a lot of division, a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of misinterpretation of um, of who we are. And so it's not enough just to come together and party for a meeting. We also have to be relationships with each other, and that's what the town hall meeting is for. Great. Um, what are some of the other events that are part of Roots Pride Pittsburgh? So we have an intergenerational uh, uh, paint party on June uh, 12th, and that's a water balloon paint party where we're just going to come together and have some fun, have a water balloon fight at park. Um, intergenerational says so we're welcome to bring our children, um, it's also a sober event, which I think is very necessary because a lot of our community uh, cannot participate in events uh do not wish to participate in places where there are alcohol. And I think that we need to support all members of our community. So um, in a special event, that event. Yeah, and I told my, my partner about this, and he thought it was the most amazing idea. He can't wait to come and participate in that. <laughs> are there other uh, events that are going to be part of Roots Pride Pittsburgh? Yes, um, there is the protest, obviously, which is uh, uh, the, the, the uh, protest against uh, Iggy, um, and that is in the process of being planned. And this is um, even reaching Roots Pride Pittsburgh to the coalition of people that um, have said that, no, this is not where we want to be. Um, so there are people that, you know, are for Roots Pride. There are people that don't really, uh, people that just really say this is not what, you know, this is not what we want in our city. So that's going to happen, and then we're going to have a, we're going to party after that, and um, that that location is to be announced. And on the on Sunday, June fourteenth, we will be holding a healing circle and a river walk. It's going to start at the point and end at the convention center. Great, great. Now, um, Pittsburgh has had several other 
pride-like events or pride events. Uh, there has been a trans pride in the past, uh, a black pride, um, could you, is a dyke and trans march. Could you talk a little bit about why the the need to create something new as opposed to just mm-hmm. utilizing those other events? Um, well, we truly believe at Bruce at Pittsburgh, and this is uh, a bit big, is to include everybody from all sections of of life on the um, experiences and the celebration of trans and queer people of color in Pittsburgh. As far as that is that um, something that is being done in Pittsburgh, while we do really and fully and truly support uh, all creation of space for people of color in Pittsburgh, especially um, epic which is pretty that the U.S. takes you know, encourage everybody to go outside as a way to create visibility um, and to create visibility for uh, trans and queer people of color. So, um, unlike uh, Black Pride, at this Pride, we want, you're trying to really emphasize and then demonstrate and create the space where everyone is welcome and almost mirror back to Delta, what pride really ought to look like. Right. And this is not um say that any other pride are not inclusive is to say that this is this pride mission is to um create what I think pride should truly ought to be what we think pride should truly ought to be. Um <clears throat> and also, you know, while centering the experiences of trans and queer people of color to really um include, you know, people from all different walks of life, all different ages, all different abilities, you know, you know, people that are parenting. Um, so there's really been a large focus on how do we create events that are inclusive of our whole community. Um, so yeah, I, I do see or I do see uh Ruth Pittsburgh as uh different from any other event. Um we do support, you know, People creating spaces for themselves, and yeah, yeah, I do think this is what pride is supposed to be. Sure. And last week, I I talked with Cara Marie about the uh, Latin LGBTQ pride, and one of the uh, really great points that she made was that pride ought to be all about creating relationships. And so, when uh, a part of our large rainbow uh, coalition says, "Hey, here's here's a pride event." That's an opportunity for all of us to go and find out and uh, and interact with each other and start to build relationships with each other and learn about each other. And so we need as many different kinds of pride activities as we can have so that we have more opportunities to get to know each other uh, and really start to build those relationships. And that's something that uh, Pittsburgh Pride has never really been about. Pittsburgh Pride has been about a number of things, but developing relationships and really pulling everyone together has, has not necessarily been part of that. Uh, and I want to remind my listeners, if anybody's listening, and I don't see on my uh, call-in board here, but you're welcome to call in with questions or comments at 646-668-8672. We have a, about 10 more minutes left in our discussion here uh, with Joy talking about Roots Pride Pittsburgh. Um, so these events are going to be coming up. They're going to happen. Then what do you think happens after that? 
I think that we keep the ball rolling. I think that we keep conversation happening. We're post their videos, what they, what their pride represents with hashtag my pride. You'll see um, a lot of different um, people expressing what pride means to them um, under that hashtag. Um, we'll continue the uh, political momentum, um, advocating for our continue to build coalition with organizations such as the Peace Project, which is for and become legend, um, and are really sure helpful for trans people of color and this is possible. Yeah. Um, what and do you have any thoughts about if Delta were to come uh, and call you up and say, after Pride and say, let's sit down and talk about what we need to do to Pittsburgh Pride to, so that you really feel inclusive? What would you answer to that question? That might be the day, except the the early maybe called what would make us uh, call it off if Delta said we'll do anything that you want. <laughs> and so yeah. I think that that's a really interesting conversation. Uh, I have to say that first of all, I don't believe that it is up to us to make Pride inclusive. I think it is up to Delta to do self-examination, to do education around the issues that are, uh, of inclusivity and to uh, build a platform that is truly inclusive. Yeah, uh, well, and I didn't mean to suggest that it was your responsibility. I meant if Delta had said, you know, what do you think we need to do? Could you give them uh, some pointers? Oh, I lost my caller, and uh, uh, so hopefully I'll get my caller back on the line in a few minutes here, but the call has dropped. Uh to fill you in while I'm hoping that Joy is going to get back in, in touch with me here, uh, Delta Foundation has been handling Pride for a number of years. They took Pride over from uh, its previous uh, mentor, which was the Gay and Lesbian Community Center. And one of the things that they did the very first year that they worked on Pride was a very big a uh, street uh, event called Pride in the Street, and it happened on the Saturday evening prior to the Sunday morning Pride March and Pride Festival. And uh, that uh, first year was, was just a super uh, successful event for them, and uh, so they took the energy that that created and began to do Pride every year after that. Uh, there has been, I think, in Pittsburgh, uh, hold on here, let me, uh, Joy, do I got you back? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, okay, so um, I was just kind of filling in my uh, listeners as to the history of uh, pride in Pittsburgh under the Delta Foundation uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, because I think so few people really understand the history of where pride came from and that pride has part of it, its root in the uh, beginning at Stonewall and the Stonewall uh, riots. Uh, can you talk a little bit about if that has an importance to you uh, as an organizer of Roots Pride Pittsburgh? 
Um, I definitely think it does. And I also wanted to <clears throat> just finish out answering the last part of the question about Delta. Sure. Um, which is also um, Delta, uh, I, I personally, and I think that um, people on this prior committee <laughs> would agree, is that I think that um, an organization like that like needs to devote resources and energy and time to the organizations that are already doing the work, such as Garden of, Garden of Peace Project, New Voices Pittsburgh, Treaty Entertainment, um, Kathy Conlecte, and others. And also, like, not just not just including, <clears throat> not just talking about um, people. We're not just talking about people of color, but also talking about people of different abilities, uh, ages, uh, class, and all of those different things need to be taken into consideration in making an inclusive pride. Um, but to answer your question about Stonewall. Stonewall is fundamentally important to Roots Pride Pittsburgh, which is where the name comes from, because Stonewall riots, again, were an assertion for everybody to be able to live, to be able to love, to be able to celebrate who they are, to the point that people resisted against that oppression. Um, And so, yeah, Roots Pride Pittsburgh is a resistance to anything that would tell us that we don't have the ability, the space, or um, the right to live, to love, and to celebrate ourselves. Wonderful. That was beautifully said. Uh, we just have a few more minutes online. Um, the people, so one of the, one of the things that I've seen discussed online is about how, uh, Pittsburgh Pride is kind of only geared to uh, cis white males. Do you want uh, that uh, constituency to be a part of Roots Pride Pittsburgh also? I want everybody to be a part of Roots Pride Pittsburgh with the caveat that we all participate in systems that give us certain forms of privilege and oppress other people. And so I think that it's important that anybody that comes to Roots Pride Pittsburgh be um, willing to learn, to educate themselves around what is necessary to create a space that is truly inclusive. So that means for me, as a person that, you know, is not, is, 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 as a hearing person, to make sure that, you know, as an organizer, I'm making sure that, you know, ASL interpretation is provided. But more so than just providing a service, also, you know, in my plans, which I haven't done yet, but I am, is to reach out to the hearing community, to to the um, deaf community, and to see what is necessary for the deaf community to truly feel included. Because it's one thing to provide a space, which I think is something that Delta has done, is to say, yes, everybody can come. But it's another thing to actually create a space where everybody feels welcome. And so I think that for us, because we live in a time in the nation where people are so divided, where people, you know, have so many um uh, 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 so many un, un, uh, even things that people don't even know that they, they biases that they don't even know that they had that they carry with them. And I think it's very important for all of us to be mindful of who we are and to really learn about, you know, uh, to learn about why even people feel the need to create their own space or the desire to, to create their own spaces. Um, I, I feel like I'm rambling now, but yeah. But uh, you, I do, you said I a couple want, of things. You said a couple of things yeah. that were just so critically important, and I want to 
uh, capture just a little bit of that before we uh, go off the air in just a couple of minutes. Uh, at, you want to have a space where everyone is welcome, and just making a space and inviting people isn't enough, but organizers of any kind of event need to think through in a much more deep manner what does it mean for that space to be welcoming and truly uh, safe for everyone to be a part of that. And that requires that people spend some time examining their own privilege and what that means, how, how might it set them apart. And, and not, not uh, this notion of privilege is such a huge thing and so important to be talked about because privilege isn't something that we have to feel embarrassed about, but we have to grapple with and really see with our eyes wide open how it interferes with everyone truly feeling welcome. And when we do that, when we start to see that stuff and name it for what it is, then we begin to start to have an area where everyone can truly be there and be on an equal playing field or, or closer to an equal playing field. We, we create steps to make that equality more a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I, mean, we have, I agree. We have we have just a couple more minutes. I want to go back and I want to highlight again some of the events that are happening for Roots Pride Pittsburgh. The first is the town hall, right? And what day is that? That is June 11th. That's on a Thursday, and um, that's at the Blakey Building in the Hill District. Okay, that, and then we have the we have the balloon battle, which you will definitely yes. see my husband and I at that one. And that's on <laughs> what day? That's June twelfth. Um and on, it's from June it's on Friday, it's on June twelfth. It's at the Anderson Pavilion in Shinley Park. Um and that is from six to nine. Okay. And then the final event is a river walk on Sunday, right? Yes. And before that we have a party and a protest. A party. Yeah. <laughs> a protest and a party. You know, and then the final event, uh, and that that the protests and the party are on June 13th, and the final final event is the Healing Circle and the River River Walk, which is uh, June 14th, and we will meet at 2:30 at the point. Okay, thank you, Joy. It's been a pleasure to have you on. I've really appreciated uh, chatting with you since uh, your protest page first went up, and I'm looking forward to participating in Roots Pride Pittsburgh. Thanks to all my listeners, and whether you listen listening live or you download this as a podcast, I uh, have more episodes in my Pride series that I'll be bringing to you in the next couple weeks. And with that, I'm going to sign off. Goodbye, Joy, and goodbye, listeners. Until the next time, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.